If you have uh, your phone, your Bible, go ahead and pull it out. We are in part four today of a series we're calling 21 Days That Can Change Your 2021. And um, this was not meant to be a series, but it's become one over every week that we've been going and just been asking the Lord to give us just what he wants to say each and every week. And so we started in the very beginning talking about the power of prayer and fasting. That was what it was supposed to be to kick off. Um, We're in that right now, which, hey, how you doing? Everybody okay? Everybody good? Okay. Hey, listen, one more week. One more week. (laughs) All right. So... um, Really excited as we, as we come to this last and final week of 21 Days, and so that's kind of been the, the thing of this series. So we talked about what it is to be, be desperate people last week. We talked about what it is to be passionate people. Today, uh, I'm going to share a message uh, about being disciplined people, disciplined people. Um, how many of you love winning? Just by, by show of hands, how many love winning? Okay, if you don't, we've got some other issues. Um, <laughs> I think everybody likes to win, hopefully. Um, I, we, we're very competitive. Anybody knows our family, we're super competitive in our family. Everybody in our family loves to win. Um, if you wanna play board games, probably don't come over to the belt house because it's gonna get pretty aggressive. Uh, we, we, we compete in everything, and, and it doesn't have to just be board games. We create competitions in anything. Who can eat the fastest, who can brush your teeth the fastest. That's probably not the best one that we could do, but we're just competitive in a lot of things that we do. Um, we love to win. And, and I believe God desires for us to win. We know that the kingdom of God, we win in the end. And uh, God's people are always winners. I, I love this, I, the, the, the song we just sang, Champion, that God's called us to be champions. So here's a question that I want to pose. If God's called us as champions, God's called us to win, why do not all Christians win? Some Christians are losing right now. Why is that? And so uh, that's what I want to talk about today. And so we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And if you feel like maybe you're in a place where you are losing, uh, I, I want to show you how to win. And we're going we're gonna to give you some things. This is going to be more of a practical message today. The other ones have been uh, about devotion and passion. And I've been kind of giving you the why, why we're so passionate about Jesus and why we're so passionate about prayer and fasting. And why. Today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give you some stuff that's really just hopefully going to help you you, uh, not just have the why, but how. How do we do this? So 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. If you got the app, you can pull this, the notes up. They're right there on the app as well. And this is how it goes. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? I think we need to tell all of the Pee Wee Leagues this. Only one gets a prize. How many of you grew up where if you won, you got the prize? If you lost, you went home with your Capri Sun and, and no pride, you know? It's just like, you just, hey, you got to get better. Okay, so, so according to scripture, everybody runs, but, but only one person gets the prize. Righteous, everybody help me with this. So run, run to win. We're going to run to win. This is what we do. We run to win. All athletes are, here's our word disciplined in their training, it goes on and it says, they do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it, it's talking to us as believers, we do it for an eternal prize. Here we go. So I run with, I run with purpose. This is huge here. I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not just going through the motions. I, here's our word, discipline my body like an athlete Training it to do what it 
should. Okay, Father, we love you. And God, we, we dedicate this morning to you. Our ears are open, our hearts are open to receive what you have to say. God, give us your word today. I pray that I would get out of the way and your word would go forth and it would do what it is set to accomplish to do today. Make us more like you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, all right, all right. So we're talking about being disciplined people. Now, when I said the word discipline, immediately some of you started cringing. Because the word discipline for many of us is not a fun word, it's not an exciting word, and it's not a, a word that most of us enjoy or like. We, we hate that word, discipline. Discipline can mean a couple different things. We know discipline in the forms of like when we discipline our children, but that's not the discipline I'm speaking of today. I'm speaking of another discipline, like spiritual disciplines, disciplines that God has called us to do, to put into practice in our spiritual walk with him that help us grow in our walk with him. So I wanna start today with a very simple definition of what is discipline, okay? So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Okay, so I have to, just as public confession, the stage has always been my public confession to all of you of what's going on. I don't know if the 21 days has been easy for you or been hard for you, but I'm gonna tell you, the devil's after me, okay? Devil has been after me hard, real hard. So I'll give you two things that happened, okay? And both of them happened yesterday, and I realized it's the devil, it's before Sunday, he's trying to trip me up, okay? So yesterday, we took my youngest son, Joel, and a couple of his buddies to, to Sky Zone to go jump for his birthday, okay? Which, by the way, is a miracle all in of itself. My son should never do that, so that's, that's a miracle all in itself. Okay, so Lindsay's like, I'm gonna go get us some lunch. You stay with the boys in Chaosville. I said, okay. So if y'all ever been to Jump Zone, it's like 300 students, 300 kids. And so I'm like, okay, I'll lay my life down. That's what scripture says. I'll lay my life down. You go get, you go get God's chicken. Just make sure you bring me back some. And she said, if you don't know, so I'm, I'm, I'm fasting Dr. Pepper right now. So I said, you know what? Just get me a tea. I'm good with that. She said, okay. So she goes, gets the food, comes back, eats in the car, in quiet. And then... <laughs> That's no lie, this is all true, all right? Then she calls me and says, okay, I think I'm ready. <laughs> I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> and she's like, no, but if you need to eat. So we switch, I get in, so I start eating my nuggets, and I go to get my drink, and I drink it. It's not tea. Y'all know what it is, right? It's the devil, it's the devil. So I'd like to say, I drank it, I spit it out the window and said, devil, get behind me, all right? That is not the truth. I drank three big gulps and said, thank God I live under grace. Thank God I live under grace. I did not finish it though, okay? I just need you to know I did not finish it, okay? I felt, I felt like that was a win, okay? All right, so that was number one. Failed the test, okay? All right, I didn't know though, all right? So my wife got reamed for that, okay? I said, you cannot do that. She's like, it's a habit, I'm so sorry, okay? So. Which it is, okay, it wasn't her fault. Okay, then I come home, okay, then I come home, all right, so I'm fasting Dr. Pepper, I'm also fasting sweets, anything, I'm, I'm trying to fast as much of that as possible, social media, a lot of stuff, okay. Then I come home, and here, the devil's in my house now. Watch this, the devil is in my house. You wanna watch a bunch of 10-year-olds eating this thing in front of you? I'm talking about, I, this one, 
This one, this is my all-time favorite. This is one of my all-time favorite. How many of y'all like a cookie cake? I mean, this is, this, is, this, is, this is the bomb. This thing is still in my house right now. It's about to go on the porch. I passed it this morning. I like to say, though, I passed the test. I didn't eat any. Okay, so come on. Spirit of God is on me. I feel it. Okay, so after I failed the, the, yesterday. Okay, so, all right. So discipline is... Choosing what you want most over what you want now. Choosing what you want most over what you want now. So I want to give you three thoughts on discipline and how do we become disciplined people. How many of you in here will be honest and admit that you're not the most disciplined person? Just raise your hand. We need some honesty in the house. Okay, all right, good. <sighs> feel good. Okay, I feel better. All right. I'm not either. I'm, I'm really working on it this year more than ever. So I want to give you three things that have helped me become more and more disciplined and what scripture has to say about us being a disciplined people. How do we train our body to discipline ourselves to run, to win in this game that God has called us in the life of faith? So number one, if you wanna write this down, your desires don't determine who you become, your disciplines do. Your desires don't determine who you become, your disciplines do. Because if I sit down and talk with you, most of us in here would say, I wanna grow closer to God in 2021. I wanna have a great marriage at the end of 2021. I wanna be healthier in 2021. And that is all great desires. But desires don't help you become who you wanna become. Disciplines do. And you've gotta start putting some disciplines in your life because most of us all have the same similar desires. All of us in here. We all have similar desires. Everybody wants more money at the end of the year in their bank account. Everybody wants to save more. Everybody wants to have healthier lifestyles. Everybody in here, okay? I, I love what uh, James Clear said this. If you've ever uh, read this book, this is an incredible book, and I'll, I'll share it with you all uh, later on. He, he wrote a book, and he, he wrote this title. I'm trying to remember what the book title is. It'll come to me in just a minute. Um, successful people and unsuccessful people have the same goal. Listen to this. Successful people and unsuccessful people have the exact same goals, okay? Every team that you see that, that plays sports all has a goal to go to a championship, every one of them, but one gets the prize. Same is true for all of us in here. All of us have similar goals. I, I don't know anybody that, that is married that goes, you know what, I can't wait at the end of the five years for us to be divorced. I don't know anybody that does that. I don't know anybody that says, man, I hope I can live paycheck to paycheck and not be able to make my bills. No, everybody in here has health goals and financial goals and marital goals and spiritual goals. They want to draw close to God. We all have similar things. Ready? Watch this. But why do some not end up meeting those? So let me give you a, a thought here. Desires, yet again, don't determine who you become. Disciplines do. And I want to show you a man in Scripture named Daniel. Most of us know Daniel. We know Daniel in the lion's den. But you may not know why Daniel was thrown into the lion's den and something that was a discipline of his that you need to understand. So let's read the passage of Scripture. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. It says this, Daniel went home and knelt down. Everybody help me with this. As as usual, that's a huge thing. We can skip over very quickly. But he went home, he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows wide open towards Jerusalem, and he prayed, what? Three times a day. Watch this. Here we go. Here's the big one. Just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Daniel had a discipline of spending time with God three times a day, as usual, 
every day, no matter what was going on around him, he had the habit of spending time with God every single day. Not once a day, not twice a day, three times a day. He continues, he seeks God, he's listening for God, he brings his burdens to God. Now, what most people don't know in this story is that Daniel, watch this, is between, they believe he's between the ages of 83 and 87. 83 and 87. Daniel was captured when he was 17. Okay, so track with me. He was captured at 17. We fast forward, here he is, 83, 80, between 83 and 87 years old. We're talking about almost 70 years that he has prayed, sought the Lord, just as he has always done. So I just did some math. That's 76,650 times. If he did it three times a day, every single day. He was a disciplined man. And, and we know that because of this discipline, this di- discipline eventually got him thrown into the lion's den. But we know also because of that discipline when he was in the lion's den, he knew how to seek the face of God even in the lion's den because he had a habit of a discipline of spinning. Y'all with me today? What ends up happening is, is we want God to answer miracle prayers in, in a habit that we haven't developed. So it's emergency stuff always instead of building the habitual habit of continually doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. The reason why some of the greatest athletes can make the shot under the pressure is because they've shot that shot so many times in their life. But we always want to do the big things, but you don't realize that it's the small disciplines in our life. It's it's not our desires that determine who we become. It's our disciplines. Let me put discipline in another way. Discipline is an act that makes your future you say thank you. Discipline is an act that makes your future you say thank you. The reason why people struggle with discipline is because you don't see the results immediately. And we are an immediate gratification type of people. If it didn't work three times, we quit. But it's not the desires, it's the discipline to do this. Success is never accidental, it's intentional, and it's habitual. Nobody's going to stumble into a relationship with God, stumble into intimacy with God, stumble into health, stumble into financial freedom. You don't stumble into all of that. That is habitual and it is intentional. And many times we, we buy into this lie that God's just gonna zap it and it's gonna work. How many know you want a great marriage? You gotta be intentional and habitual. If you wanna have great finances, you gotta be intentional and habitual. If you wanna spend time and really connect with God, it's gotta be intentional and habitual. Habitual, And so just thinking through, what does it look like this year that needs to be intentional in your life and habitual in your life? Not, not, not inconsistent, but a consistent thing that you do when it comes to your, your spiritual walk with God. Do you have a plan? Do you have a plan of how you're gonna spend time with God? Do you have a place of how you're gonna spend time with God? Do you have a time when you're gonna spend time with God? Like creating just these plans. And it seems maybe at times monotonous, but how many know God blesses those who are just faithful, just faithful, just faithful, just faithful, just faithful. We live for these really big moments not realizing it's the little ones that build up to time for the big stuff. So it's not our desires that make us who we wanna become. It's our disciplines. And that's on both sides. Okay, so we wanna, we wanna begin to do that. Number two, you can pay now with discipline or you can pay letter with regret. Either way, you'll pay. Come on, man. 
You can pay now with discipline or you can pay later with regret, but either way, you are going to pay. Most people underestimate today and overestimate tomorrow. So watch, let me show you how this plays out, okay? Even like within the church world, you skip one Sunday, no big deal, you didn't really notice anything. Then the next weekend you wake up and you're like, nah, last week wasn't a big deal. So you do two, then you do three, and before you know it, it's a year. And you're like, what happened? Because you have failed to realize that your disciplines now, you're, you're gonna pay either one way or another. This is, this is how it goes. And, and let me show you a, a, a downfall to this. I'm gonna show you a, a, a man in scripture that thought that the little things that he did did not really matter, and it's a guy by the name of Samson. All of us probably know and hear Samson in the Old Testament, one of the strongest men that we know in scripture. Uh, man, just the feats of what he did was, was so powerful. The anointing of God, the spirit of God was upon him. He had that long Fabio strength hair. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Just have that. I mean, just brought strength into his life. And, and his downfall, watch this though. His downfall did not happen in one moment. And I want you to see this. His downfall did not happen in one moment. Uh, Judges chapter 16 verse one says, one day, one day, Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza. Okay, so unpack this for a moment. Philistines were not friends of God's people. They were the arch enemy of God's people. And one day, Samson, in his pride, decides, you know what, I'm gonna just go stroll up in the enemy territory and see what's going on. Now, from where Samson lived to where Gaza was, was 25 miles, okay? So this is, you know, between here and, you know, getting close to Lafayette. And so here we are. He decides one day, I'm gonna just go check it out. And how many know you just don't go check out things? Things start happening when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. One day, when he went to the Philistine town of Gaza and he spent the night with a prostitute. It's amazing how it just skips over a lot of stuff. And Gaza was the headquarters of the Philistines. Okay, why do I bring this up? Watch this. Because we know that in those days, he, he, didn't, he didn't have a truck. He didn't drive there. He probably walked there, 25 miles, okay? And every step that he took was an opportunity for him to go, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. I'm gonna tell you how many times, actually, according to this, 25 miles would be 56,250 steps. So Samson didn't ruin his life at once. He ruined his life by saying, it's no big deal, 56,250 times. And, and that began to lead, of course, to a moment that he didn't think was going to be a big deal. But watch this. I want you to see this. Sin magnifies the desire, but it minimizes the destruction. So we say things like, it's not a big deal. I can handle this. It's only one party. That's only one friend. I can do one smoke. I can do one thing. I can do one. How many of you know? And that begins the process of you going somewhere where you hope you never end up. Every person that is addicted to drugs didn't start out going, man, I hope I'm addicted to drugs. My family wants nothing to do with me, and I stay in rehab all my life. <laughs> True? No, none of them do that. They, they all say, this isn't a big deal. 
every alcoholic, every person that is addicted to pornography. And none of it starts off with, man, I hope this ruins my life. It starts with a small compromise that says it's not a big deal. It's okay. I can gratify myself right now. It's not, I don't, listen, and you do it once and you don't see any consequences for it. So you don't think it's a big deal. But what you fail to realize is you've just stepped yourself into a very slippery slope that goes very quickly into a place that you don't want it to go. So listen, so you can pay now with discipline and go, no, I'm not going to do that. Or you can pay with regret. Either way, you're going to pay. You're going to pay based off of the decision that we make. So this is something I wrote down. Small disciplines or small compromises done consistently lead to big consequences over time. Small disciplines or even small consequences that are done consistently lead to very big things in our life over time. So I wanna go back to 1 Corinthians 9, the scripture that we read at the beginning that Paul talks about, and I want you to now see, talking about steps, these steps that we take in every choice that we make, every discipline that we make is a step, it's a step. We're making these steps, and you may not see it immediately, you probably usually won't, but over time you're taking these steps, and you're taking these steps, and you're taking these steps. Well, this is what 1 Corinthians says. It says, so I run with purpose in every step. Every step that I take, I run it with purpose. And I'm not just shadow boxing, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Two things I want us to point out here. One, just running with purpose, understanding your purpose, understanding what you want, understanding those desires, but realizing that those desires don't make you who you become, your disciplines do, so I gotta start taking some steps that move me towards what I want in my life, in my marriage, in my relationship with God, and the way that I do that is by discipline and training. Yet again, another curse word in our life. Training, oh man, training. So there's a difference, watch this. There's a difference between trying and training. And when I talk to people about their spiritual walk, they go, Pastor Bubba, Pastor Bubba. Hey, maybe they talk to you too, Pastor Bubba, okay. <laughs> We're the same, okay, it's PB and J. Okay, so <laughs> they say, I, I've, been, I've been trying. I've been trying to read my Bible. I've been trying to do what's right. I've been trying to say no to this stuff. I've been trying to do this. Let me give you what I think is a working definition of trying. Ready? Trying is an attempt to change with minimal commitment. Man, I'm trying this. Listen, we try a lot of things. I try different flavors of ice cream, okay? We try different things. It's okay to try, but, but I'm telling you, if you really wanna see real results in 2021 in your life spiritually, in your walk with God, you can't just try, you've gotta train. You've gotta start training. See, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to be nice. I'm, I'm trying to not say what's always on my mind. I'm trying to do this. The problem is when you're trying and trying and trying, you give yourself room enough to kind of fail because it's just this try, like let me try and then I'm not gonna try and then I will try. And then It's very much based off of how you feel, by the way. I tried that church thing. I tried tithing. I tried serving. Yeah, it just wasn't, it just wasn't, I just did one my thing. I wasn't trying. No, no, no. We're not trying, we're training. We're training. God is raising up an army. He's called us to be warriors for Christ. He's, we are champions, but champions gotta be made. Champions gotta be trained. Champions gotta be equipped. Champions gotta be coached. Watch this, here's training. Training is wholehearted commitment to achieve a specific result. 
wholehearted commitment that I'm not, I'm not trying to try to do this. I'm, I'm training to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm going all in, all in. And I can tell you the times in my life where I have lacked growth have been the times I was just trying it. I'm just going to try it. I'm gonna try, yeah, I'll try it out. I can just tell you now, if you say, I'm just going to try it out, you will not do it. Because it will be based off of predominantly how you feel. Trying is based off of feeling. Training is based off of commitment. Means when I don't feel like it, I still show up. When I don't feel like it, I'm still there in the midst. Are y'all with me today? Okay, so this is what God is calling. I'm telling you, you want to see some real spiritual growth. For those in here that did the 21 days, and I'm going, I'll try it. How's it going for you? Isn't it amazing how it was easy to go back to things that you said you weren't going to do because you just said, I'll try it. But, but for those in here that go, I'm all in. I'm in this thing. I'm in, I'm, I'm in this thing. I'm committed to this. God, I need your spirit. That, that's not to say there's not going to be moments of failure. It's not going to be that there's not moments of weakness. There's not going to be minutes where you, times where you accidentally drink Dr. Pepper and then drink it three times. And, okay, that's, I'm getting back, though. I'm training again, okay? There's grace for all of that, okay? I, I, I don't want you to fall into religion and condemnation of this stuff, but, but I hope you understand what I'm saying here is that there's a difference between just trying something and then making a commitment to it, to really train, to get people around you, to help, to coach you up. To training, which, by the way, revolves around coaching, which means I need other people in my life that are a little bit further than me that can help me become a better me. I need, I need some of that in my life. Some of you have been training, but you're training by yourself. And how many know, when you train by yourself, you usually quit. When it gets hard, you quit. It, it, it's a total game changer when you train with other people. And so that's a word for some of y'all today. You just need to stop training by yourself. You need to get around some other people that are going to call you and go, I'll see you at the gym at five. Even better, I'll pick you up. Right? Like, you're going to go now. It's some, these some, some things that begin to happen in your life. Hey, I'll see you at church at 9. Uh, yeah, we're not really feeling it. You know, we just kind of had a long weekend. No, uh, I'll see you. I'll see you there. I'll, I'll honk at your house. Okay, it's, you're coming. Like, we're training. We're in this thing together. We're not quitting. We're going through it. We're going through it together. Number three, discipline starts with who before do. Discipline starts with who before do. Now, for those in here that have feel like, man, I have this desire in me to do what God wants me to do, but I feel like I, keep, I do keep failing. And the things I want to do, I, I just can't. Well, I just want you to know you're in good company. Because the Apostle Paul, the man who wrote almost a third of the New Testament, also struggled with the things that were in his heart to do what God wanted him to do, and he penned it for us in Romans 7. And this is what he says. Watch, the Apostle Paul, the amazing man of God who's seen incredible miracles, planted so many churches, much of the Bible we get because of this man, says this. I hope this encourages you. I don't really understand myself. Anybody, can anybody relate? Amen. I just don't get myself. I don't, my, my wife can't get me. I can't get me, okay? I was, for I, watch this. I want to do what is right. 
I believe that's everybody that's here watching online. Like, I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. (laughs) Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. Watch this. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. Anybody feel like Paul just encouraged you this morning a little bit? Like, I just, I feel like this is my life. Why is it that I try so hard, but I fall so short? Why, how can I get better? I want to get better. I want to, I just want to try. I want to just want to try. I want to, I want to get this. I want to get this. Watch this. Willpower doesn't work. You can't will yourself to this. Especially when it comes to, to uh, your spiritual walk with the Lord and being spiritually healthy. You can't just will yourself because willpower is a lot of muscle. Once you work it really, really hard, it becomes fatigue and it begins to wane and it gets tired. Some of you maybe right now, you know, maybe you're fasting sweets or something right now. And how many know if you're like, I'm gonna do this. And then, you know, you go to your office and it's the one time the employee brings a king cake to the office. And you're like, you're like passing by and you're like, no, no, day one, no, get behind me, fasting. Day two, you go by and you're like, no. I'm gonna just smell it, just smell it, just. (laughs) No, no. Then day three, day three goes and and now you're just, you're looking at it and every day they're bringing just fresh ones and it's like, it's like Bavarian cream and like strawberry and and so like day three, you're like, no, I'm just gonna smell. Okay, I'm just gonna touch it. I'm just touching it, just touching it. And by the time you know it, Day five, you're just coming to it, and you're just like, slice, slice, and you're just. And then, here it comes. No! I knew it. I couldn't do it. I knew it. I knew it. That's terrible. I'm, I'm just terrible. I just quit. I quit. Okay. Four days in, I'm out. I'm done. And, 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 and I want you to see what, what ends up happening, because I, w- I want you to see how the enemy works. Because willpower doesn't work for long because eventually you just get exhausted. So watch this. So what do we do when willpower stops? We touch it, we click it, we choose it. We start doing things that we said we wouldn't do anymore. Okay? And then then I want you to see how the enemy works. Watch this. So before you do it, the enemy goes, it's not a big deal. I'm sure he's whispering that into Samson. You're a strong dude, bro. You can take out anybody in the Philistines. Just go to Gaza. Be a fun day trip. Be great. Not knowing that those 50,000 plus steps that he takes to Gaza would eventually lead to him doing a decision that he will regret for his entire life will eventually lead him to captivity, his eyes being plucked, and him dying. Watch this. Watch this. So the enemy goes, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. After you do it, though, then the enemy takes your failure and attaches it to your identity now. Look at you. Watch. He did it to Paul. Watch the next verse. I don't want to do it. I keep doing it here. What a, what a miserable person I am. This is how the enemy works. He tells you it's not a big deal on the front end, and then after you do it, he brings all of this shame and all of this condemnation, and look at you. How dare you call yourself a Christian? How dare you tell your family that 
you're, you're living for God. How, how dare you? And, and then he begins to make that your identity, and it's what I call the, the cycle of shame. Watch this. Let me show you how this cycle of shame works. So it starts off with trying hard. And I'm going to try hard. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. All right, this is, this is my year. All right, I'm going to get healthy, and I'm going to get close to God, and our marriage is going to get better. We're going to do this. Okay? So you got willpower and you're like all pumped up and you can watch any motivational speaker and get really excited about working out or whatever it may be. And then your willpower starts weakening. And then that gusto that you had for a couple days, a couple weeks or a couple months starts going, ah, I don't really kind of feel like it as much. And then because your willpower now starts weakening, inevitable failure. So you click it. You smoke it, you drink it, you say it, whatever it may be that you say that you're not going to do, you do it, and then watch how it goes. Now, you have guilt and shame. And the guilt and shame that the enemy now brings is to remind you, remember I told you you couldn't do that in the first place. So watch this. So then you go, well, I'm gonna try harder this time. And it's just a cycle that goes over and over and over and over and over again. And this is what Paul says as he's caught in that cycle. Look at verse 24. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Here's the question we all long for. Who will free me? Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Paul knew something. He knew that it wasn't something he needed in his life. It was someone he needed in his life to see real, lasting change. Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank God. How many of you are thankful that God saved you from you? God saved me from me. What a miserable person I was. But yet God says, no, 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 let me tell you who your new identity is because of Christ. And then he goes on, watch this. It gets even better because it goes to the next chapter, which when you see another chapter, it doesn't mean like he stopped and was like, okay, seven is done. Now let's go to eight. Like he keeps speaking. So eight one continues to speak. We talk about how thankful that we are that Jesus is. So now, everybody say so now. So now. Other versions say, therefore. And if you ever see therefore, you need to go back and look at why it's therefore. Because of what Christ has done for me, because he has saved me from me, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Watch this. And because you, everybody say it. Come on, let's say it like we mean it. Because you Watch this, because now you are a child of God and that someone gives you a power that you don't possess on yourself, he comes and he gives you the power of the life-giving spirit that has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. This is the God that we serve. This is the God. We don't need behavior modification. We need spiritual transformation that only comes through Jesus and Jesus alone. You're not what you did. You're not what other people say. You're not even what you say about yourself. You are a child of God, a man of God, a daughter of God, free, 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 free. You're a joint heir with Christ. You belong to him. He is your source. He is your identity. He is your strength. He is your power made perfect in your weakness. When you know who you are, you know what to do. You know what to do. 
So I'm gonna give you a last illustration of this. If you are trying to quit something, let's, I'll give an example. Let's say you're a smoker or vapor or drink a lot or whatever that may be. And someone goes to hand you cigarette, vape, alcohol, drug, you can fill in whatever it is. And, and this is what we normally say. We say this, no thanks, I'm trying to quit, right? I'm trying to quit. All right, yet again, based off of how you feel in the moment, right? Because you feel like, ooh, it's one of those days, I need a drink, all right? So I wanna help you change some verbiage here. Instead of saying, no, 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 I'm good, I'm trying to think, I want you to change it to this. No thanks, I'm not a smoker anymore. No thanks, I don't do that anymore. No thanks, I don't need that anymore. No thanks, how many know, now it's not trying, now I'm making the commitment that my identity is no longer attached to that anymore. I'm not an agent anymore. I'm not connected to that anymore. No, no, no thanks, I'm good. Why? We're, we're changing the way we view ourselves in the midst of it. This scripture says, you belong to Christ. Come on, everybody say that. I belong, come on, let's say that again. I belong to Christ. So I'm not trying to read my Bible. I'm not trying to pray. No, I want to pray and read my Bible because I want to connect with my Father who loves me and knows me. I want to, I want to be in his word. I want to honor God with my body. I'm not going to try to take care of my body. No, I want to honor God with my body. I'm going to get people around me because this is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I want to make sure that I, I live long for my children and I take care of what God has entrusted to me. I'm not trying to be a godly man. No, I am a godly husband and God is calling me to lead my family spiritually. Come on, y'all with me? Like, I'm not a Failure. God has called me. I'm a father. I'm a man of God. I'm a son of God. I, I, I am an heir of his. I'm not trying to get free. I am free because the Christ has set me free, and I'm walking in that freedom. God's spirit is helping me choose what I want most over what I want now. Christ's power is stronger than my wrong desires. God will make you not who you want to be based off of your desires, he will make you who he's called you to be based off of your disciplines. So what are the disciplines that you need to put into place to say, I want most over what I want now? What are, what, what are those disciplines? And I encourage you to, to talk it out. This isn't just kind of a, a quick message and then you leave. You, you, you may need to wrestle through some of this stuff. You may need to talk to your spouse or talk to your friends through this. What are some disciplines that I need to put into my life? Maybe just being committed to show up here on Sundays. Maybe getting in a life group. We kick them off in just a couple of weeks. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is. We, we say it this way at our church. Give us a year. Give us one year. Go all in with our church. Like go to Next Step, get in a life group, go through freedom. Like just go all in. Just say yes. Just write a check and put yes on it. And whatever God says, just say yes. Don't say no. And I promise you, if you will do that, I promise you, at the end of this year, you'll be greater than you started this year. Guarantee it. I guarantee it. Who, who, who's done it? Who's been here? I promise you. You're going to find family. You're going to find freedom. You're going to find strength. You're going to find what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And you just go all in. Go say yes. I'm in. If you've been tipping in the water and then poking out, tipping in and poking out, I'm, I'm just telling you, it's why, it's, it's why you're having a hard time. Next week, we're going to talk about being a powerful people. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the secret next week to how we do this for the long haul and what you desperately need in your life to really walk these disciplines out. But that's for next week. So I want you to bow your heads in this place, and I want to pray for you that God would just begin to help you not to try but to train, and that you would make a commitment. Make a commitment. If you're, if you're here in this room, you say, man, this message is for me. I know I've been, I've been trying some things. It's time for me to, to step up my commitment, to begin to train, to begin to really tap into all that God has for me. I'm recognizing that the enemy maybe has even put your failure as your identity, and today you're going, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not identifying that with that anymore, man. I want to be, be a child of God. I want to know God. I am a child of God. If that's you, you already know God. You have that, but you feel like this is your time just to step that commitment. I want you to raise your hand all across this room. If that's you online, man, just, just let us know right there. Father, right now, all those that are raised hands, God, that just said, man, I, I, I don't want to try anymore. I want to train. I want to train. I want to be all that you have called me to be. God, I thank you that we understand who we are before what we do. Who we are. These people are men and women of God filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. God, that they are people that are called by you. There is no condemnation, no condemnation for failures. And I speak right now to the lies of the enemy that have been spoken over your life. You are not your failure. You are not what has happened to you. You are not what people have said about you. You're not even what you've said about yourself that has been a lie. The truth today is that God loves you. God created you. God's called you to greater. And his power wants to come and live on the inside. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill them fresh and anew. Help them to step into a new level of commitment. We go all in because you went all in for us. God, we do that today. You can put your hands down. If you're here in this room and you say, I want to know God. That's the beginning, actually. I just want, I, I want to know him. I've allowed my failures to distance me from God, but I want to know God. The Bible calls that being born again, that we confess our sins to him, and he's faithful and just to forgive us, and he comes, and he doesn't do an outward transformation. He does an inward one, and some of you in here, you need an inward transformation starting with a new heart, and the Bible says he'll come and take that stony heart. He'll replace it with a heart of flesh. He'll come, and his spirit will reside on the inside of you, but that begins with one decision we make, and that is to turn from our sins, to turn from putting ourselves as Lord, turn to putting ourselves at the, at the, at the king's position and say, God, no, you're Lord of my life. If you're here in this room, you've never made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. I want to give you that opportunity today. On the count of three, I want you just to shoot your hand up and say, that's me. One, two, three. If that's you going up all across this room, come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're online, let us know right now. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I want you just to pray this with me. We're all going to pray this right along with you. I want you to say this. Say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and living a life that I couldn't live. You died a death that I deserve to die. My sins put you on that cross, but you willingly gave yourself for me. You rose again to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, I repent of my sins, and I return to you 
to make you my Lord and Savior from this day forward. Holy Spirit, change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on, OSC family, let's celebrate today with those.